Welcome to the Rory Run Back. I'm your host, Jeff Rohn, and I have a great interview for you guys today with Coach Dwayne Pina. He is the head coach of St. George's Boys Basketball, and I'm happy to bring to you an RI Sports Focus podcast. We will deep dive into our local high school, college, and athletic programs across our great state of Rhode Island. Here we go. Welcome to the Roy Runback episode 57 and I have a great interview for you guys today with coach Dwayne Pina. He is the head coach of boys basketball at St. George's uh, which is St. George's if those who don't know St. George's is a prep school um, in Portsmouth Rhode Island. Great great interview with coach and love what he's doing over at St. George's. He's over there you know creating a, a powerhouse here in Rhode Island for uh, you know prep schools and he's working on you know, becoming one of the best, they're becoming the best schools in the state and an attraction for players to come to who are looking to take that next level. So great interview with him as we talk about how he got into basketball, his time playing at BC, what it was like to play under Coach Skinner, his time coaching at, you know, at the college level as well too. So just great, great time and how he ended up at St. George's and really enjoyed our conversation. He's just a great, great guy and you know, Rhode Island is lucky to have him in the state, and what he's doing at St. George is just awesome. We just had one of his former players on, Tyler Kolick, uh, on on Monday, so, you know, it's cool to get the St. George's connection on there together. So, great interview. I really enjoyed it. Uh, but before we get into that interview, remember you guys can watch the episode on YouTube. Just remember that, that share, like, and subscribe button, and just stay tuned here if you can't make it to YouTube, and just hit that share, like, and subscribe button. Now for our episode with Coach Pina. All right, on today's show, I welcome on a very special guest. I welcome on Coach Dwayne Pina. He is the head coach of St. George's Boys Basketball Team. Coach, how are you today? I'm well. How are you? Thanks for having me. I'm doing well, Coach. Thank you very much for being on the show. I really, really appreciate it. Uh, coach, I want to ask, my I ask this with all my guests, how are you doing during these COVID times? Uh, I'm personally, I'm fine. Um, you know, I think, uh, you know, it's a time where, you know, everybody globally is going through sort of, you know, a similar thing and, um, you just have to adjust, adapt and kind of, you know, learn how to navigate it. And, you know, that's what I've been able to do. My family's been able to do that. So, I mean, I'm doing, doing well, as well as I can be right now. That's good. That's good. Yeah. I know this has got to kind of adjust and adapt to it. I think the one thing I have a hard time is I always forget my mask when I go to the grocery store or something like that when I'm in the car. <laughs> yeah, you got to keep a few of those, you know, scattered around, you know, the different uh, the, the different spots that you're in on a regular basis. Yeah, I know. That's true. Uh, Coach, I want to ask you, before we get into your career at St. George's, I want to ask you, how did you start to fall in love with the game of basketball? Um, wow, that's a great question. Um for me, it just happened organically. Uh, you know, I, I'm from New Bedford, Massachusetts, which is a uh, uh, a small city, just you know, about 60 miles south of, of Boston. Um, and you know, and growing up, um, you know, grew up in you know in in the projects, uh, lower income housing, and you know, sports was something that that we just that we did. Um, you know, 
basketball, baseball, football, um, what have you. Uh, we were just always outside playing. Um, and, you know, if we weren't outside playing, we were at the local boys and girls club. And at the boys club, that's what you did. You played, you know, basketball, baseball, football, uh, ping pong, uh, pool. Um, so, so all those things. And I just, you know, at an early age, just kind of gravitated, you know, towards basketball and just kind of have had that sort of been my thing, um, you know, just since, you know, five years old. That's awesome. That's crazy. And was there a player that like when you were growing up that you really looked up to like want to idolize and be like? Uh, I mean, that's an easy one for me. And I'm sure, you know, everybody that was born in the, you know, mid early 80s, late 70s, like myself, it was definitely Michael Jordan. Um, I, I know it was my mother who uh, influenced me in, in, in loving MJ and everything about him. She was a huge North Carolina fan. Um, you know, I can remember her folding laundry and, and, and me putting the laundry basket on the couch and playing basketball with folded up socks. Um, my younger brother, his name is Jordan Michael Pina. Um, so, you know, that's, it's, you know, not too far to find, you know, where, where my passion and love for, for uh, Jordan uh, comes from. That's awesome. Yeah, I'm a big Jordan fan, too. Do you ever get into it with your players about the Jordan-LeBron argument? Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Not an argument, you know, worth worth diving into. But, hey, they, they're standing on solid ground with that argument. You know, there's no wrong answer there. But. Yeah, yeah. It's a, it's a tough one. It's tough. I've, I've gone back and forth with some players on the show, and I'd be like, I don't know. It's tough because they're both great players, and it's hard to, hard to compare them both. Agree, agree. So coach, now as your career develops, what was your recruiting process like and how did you decide to go to BC? Because you played at BC and you played with Al Skinner. What was that like? Yeah. So, I mean, my recruitment story and path to Boston College was, is actually quite unique. Um, you know, so I graduated from high school in 1996 and, you know, the AAU basketball scene that we know today, it wasn't that in 1996. You know, they were a few select teams at that time, you know, one of them was Buddies and the other one was BABC. And, you know, sort of being on the outskirts of Boston, um, I, I never had an opportunity to, to play um, with, with BABC. I played a little bit with Buddies here and there who also had some really high level players, um, you know, the Babel Twins, Mark Behai, um, Sean Fine, all these guys went on to play Division One basketball. Um, but sort of as I came up and approached my senior year in high school, I had some recruitment from uh, some division two schools, uh, Merrimack, uh, Stonehill, um, Assumption, uh, some division three recruitment. But at that time, um, you know, they say sort of, you know, ignorance is bliss. I felt personally like I was a division one player and I didn't have much guidance sort of through the process. Um, I had a close, a very close family friend of mine who is a, uh, a Boston College alum and trustee member. and. They kind of reached out to him. I wasn't really happy with my recruitment. And I was like, I'm going to Boston College and I'm going to figure out how to make this team. Oh, wow. And that's what I did. I, 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 <laughs> I tell my guys all the time, like, I wouldn't advise that for anybody. Yeah. Um, so, but I'll never shoot anybody's dream down, of, you know, whether they want to play for the Boston Celtics or Duke or, or what have you, um, because of my story. And, and, Again, I wouldn't advise anyone taking the path that I did. I think I was fortunate enough to have it work out for me. Um, but that was sort of my my path to BC. Um, and, you know, the rest kind of, you know, I went there, worked hard, earned a scholarship, um, you know, started a few years and 
you know, ended up having a, a pretty good, uh, a pretty good career there. Yeah, it's awesome. What was it like, you know, you know, being under the, like the great coach Al Skinner, like learning from him and having him as your coach? You know, Al's awesome. Um, I, I still sort of have, um, you know, bits and pieces of Coach Skinner in me now as a coach. Yeah. Uh, in terms of his, you know, his, his style, his demeanor, his approach to, uh, you know, to practice, his approach to the games, his relationship with players. Um, you know, so, you know, there's still things today that I have in me that I've, you know, kept with me um, from learning from him when I was uh, back in college. That's awesome. That's great. And what were those things that like you, you kept in you? Um, I, I think one of them is instilling confidence in young players uh, is one of the things I, that I, that I think I, I've learned from him and trusting young guys and allowing young guys to play and, and, and make mistakes. Um, I think Coach Skinner, you know, and the rest of his staff, you know, you have Ed Cooley, Tim O'Shea, Bill Cohen, Pat Duquette, who are now all Division One head coaches. And I think through uh, through Coach Skinner, sort of all of his disciples, including myself, you know, have sort of, you know, taking that approach, you know, to the game and letting the young guys, letting the kids play, letting kids make mistakes. But at the same time, still holding them very much accountable, you know, for their actions, for their mistakes. That's awesome. That's great. That's a great thing to, uh, you know, take from Coach Coach Skinner and learn that and pass along to your players and having your program as well. Uh, what was it like? You know, you played at BC and at that time, BC was in the Big East. What was it like playing in the Big East tournament, being on the, underneath those lights? Again, that was sort of a surreal experience, you know, like kind of considering you know, where I, where I came from. Um, I remember one of the first times I was really like, wow, like I'm really here was um, we played in the Maui Invitational. It was, let me think, it was probably the fall of 1998. And, you know, I'm hopping on a plane to, to travel to Maui to play in this basketball tournament that you know, I've been watching on TV the previous, you know, 13 years of my life. And I was like, all right, this is pretty cool right here. <laughs> um, you know, the first game that I actually got into, it was, I think it was like our, you know, eighth game of the season uh, was against Chaminade. I, um, I played, I don't know, like eight minutes that game. Then I played a little bit more against uh, George Washington the next day. Then we played Arizona, who that year, I think, were national champions. Um, <laughs> that year they had, you know, Arenas was there. Mike Bibby was there. Miles Simon was there. I didn't get in that game, but I was <laughs> there. I had great seats. Um, but then when we kind of, when we came back, we played our first Big East game, and that was at Providence. And, you know, Providence was sort of a local school being from New Bedford. And, you know, I, I had started to sort of build a little bit of trust in the coaches and in, in, in our teammates at that time. And that was the first game that I played, you know, some significant minutes. I played, I think, like 18 or 20 minutes. Um, and, and, you know, I was playing in the Big East. I was, you know, used to get Christmas gifts. That, you know, to, that was my present to go watch Providence College play against Georgetown. And there I was sort of on that stage playing it. And it was a surreal feeling. That's so cool. It's got to be like A, to like be in a Maui tournament and like face Chaminade, which is always in it. And then, you know, play that Arizona team who was just stacked with like arenas and the national championships and like seeing them and then being able to go through the Big East to, you know, at the time was known as like the best of the, like, you know, one of the best uh, conferences in the NCAA for basketball. And that must have been so much fun to play 
against all those guys. Did you ever play in that the Big East tournament at the Madison Square Garden? Yeah, we did. Um, three years in a row. Um, you know, um, that's sort of, you know, again, just just an experience that that I'll cherish. And I didn't really realize, you know, the magnitude of just myself being there and playing, you know, until a little while's after, a little ways after. Um, you know, because when I'm there. You know, just my mentality was like, hey, this is kind of where I, like I'm supposed to be here. Um, but again, it was it was a life experience, you know, I'll never forget. And uh, I'll always, uh, you know, cherish, you know, that time with my teammates, um, spending time in New York City and just, you know, being able to say, you know, I, I played in the Big East tournament. That's all cool. Did you win the Big East tournament when you were there or did that happen? So that was my so we won the Big East tournament. That was my my fifth year at BC. Okay. Um, which that year, I I got sick. Um, oh, I ended up having a a, a heart condition, oh, and wow. so I that was the sort of the end of my career. So I, I got to play three years, and then my last year, uh, which was my fifth year there, um, I I couldn't play. Oh no! So you just that was the year that was the year we were. 27 and five, won the Big East tournament, you know, made it to the second round of the NCAA tournament. Um, so Troy Bell was on the team. Troy right? Bell was there. Yeah. 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 John Beerbaum, Xavier Singletary, a bunch of other uh, really good friends of mine. Oh, wow. That's, 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 I'm sorry to hear that. I'm glad you're okay. And I'm glad they found that out, you know, before anything bad could have happened. But it's, well, at least you still got that. Were you still there? You got to experience it with the team. I, I did. I did. That's that's cool. What's it like? I mean, you didn't get to play in the NCAA tournament. What's it like just to walk on the floor and see like the crowds and like be a part of that like atmosphere? Yeah, again, I mean, it was again sort of a, a surreal experience. Um, I think for me personally at that time, um, you know, feeling healthy enough like I could play because it wasn't like I had a torn ACL where I physically couldn't run. Yeah. Um, so, you know, my my sickness was like internal. It was, you know, it was, it was my heart. Yeah. And um, so like, I sort of, I was with the program, but I, I, I had distance. So I wasn't at every practice. I sort of, you know, got to be a, a regular student for at least that one year. Um, so, you know, following the team, tracking the team, you know, that year we, you know, we beat Syracuse at home. We beat UConn at home. Uh, had some really wonderful home wins that, you know, I was a part of, but in terms of like, um, you know, being with the team on the road, I just, I, I, I wasn't a part of that. Oh, okay. Okay. Uh, and now after everything's all said and done, what's your decision to get into coaching? Well, you know, I, I, when I graduated from BC in 01, I really didn't know what I wanted to do. Um, you know, I was a little unsure. It was kind of like, you know, Hey, what's next? You know, nine 11 came right after that. Um, I ended up back at my local high school. I was teaching and I knew, I wanted to coach, um, you know, being in the high school scene. Um, I knew maybe at some point, um, you know, Ed Rodericks, who's a sort of a legend at New Bedford coach there for, you know, 30 plus years, um, you know, maybe following his in his footsteps was something that I had in the back of my mind. I mean, sort of as I'm going through these different, um, you know, options for my future, uh, a division three job actually landed on my lap. Uh, and that was at Rhode Island College. So at the time, uh, one of my best friends that I grew up with in New Bedford, Mark DeBrito, uh, who went to Bentley, um, his good friend from Bentley got the head coaching job at Rick and was looking for an assistant. So that's kind of how that worked. That's what kind of got my foot in the door. And then the rest just kind of, you know, was, you know, just kind of took care of itself. Fell into place and you ended up at, at 
Bryant, and then you ended up at Brown afterwards. I actually just missed you at Brown. I was interning at Brown in 2012, at, during like the end of 2012 season, because you started at 2012, right? Yeah, yep. I, 2012 to 2016, yep. Yeah, I just missed you when I was there. I was interning over there. I used to work with the basketball team and do stuff over there. <laughs> <laughs> what was it like working at Brown? I mean, didn't you, you guys beat PC like in a big game too as well too? Like, what was it like for you at Brown? Yeah, Brown was a, an amazing experience. I mean, just, you know, to be involved with, you know, the highest level of, you know, that blend of academics and athletics um, you know, was a really good experience for me. I, I got to recruit nationally. You know, when I was at Bryant, it was it was more regional. So going to Brown, you know, recruiting nationally, I got to expand my network um, through that. Um, you know, what a lot of people don't realize is that, you know, the Ivy League, um, you know, is usually ranked between, you know, 10 and 15 in the RPI annually. And you know, last year, the, the Ivy League, I think, was ranked ahead of the Atlantic 10 Conference. Uh, so it's high-level basketball. So, you know, like, yes, we beat Providence, but for us at Brown, like, we, you know, expected to win that game. You know, yeah. like, we walked into those games like, hey, we're going to win. And that whole mentality, you know, it's from the top down. That mentality came from the head coach, Mike Martin. Um, so, yeah, I mean, that was a great feeling to beat Providence at home and, um, you know, I think one year we, you know, we're up like 15 against URI at home and we end up getting beat, but you know, we just, we expected to compete and, and, you know, and win those games. That's awesome. Yeah. I think when I was there, they actually beat URI when I was working over there. It was like, yeah, it was yeah. crazy. It was, it was, it was cool. I mean, the, the place is a cool little gym to work at and, uh, it's got like a, you know, it's good atmosphere when there's a bunch of people in there. Did you work for the hum, Chris Hummer? Uh, no, no, I worked for, um, I was like the app, like I was in the athletic sports, like marketing department. So yeah. I would do like the music and like the halftime shows and stuff like run those stuff, but it was cool just to like be at all the games. I was like, I started as like, a, I was like, I got a free ticket to every basketball game. I used to bust Dave Longo's chops all the time. Cause the environment was like, ah, boo. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I got a couple of sold out games. I got Harvard and a sold out game. <laughs> that sells itself out though. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> Anyways, coach. Um, how, you know, and then what's your decision to go to St. George? Uh, another really good question. So like I sort of saw my professional trajectory, um, you know, I wanted to be the head coach at Boston College, you know, like that was, you know, that was my goal, my dream. I wanted to be a, a division one, high level, uh, high major division one assistant and eventually work my way into uh, a, a high level division one coach. And again, you know, like, you know, I, I went to BC kind of on a whim. So like that sort of was my mentality. Um, as I got older, you know, I, I left Brown when I was 39 years old. As I was getting older, you know, just, I don't want to say priorities begin to shift, but, you know, you start thinking of, you know, okay, plan B or maybe plan C or plan 1B. And um, I wasn't looking for a new job at the time. Um, I have a, a good friend of mine who has a division one experience. He coached at Harvard, he coached at BU, who is the athletic director at Milton Academy. And again, another Bentley connection. Um, and he told me about, uh, uh, an upcoming vacancy here at St. George's. And, 
I was like, interesting. I had been here. I had been to the school one time I was recruiting a kid and I came to watch him play football, even though he's a basketball player. So I was like, wow, I remember that. I was at school with the beautiful views over, look, overlooking the beach. It's interesting. Let me go down and, and let me check this out. So I ended up coming down, you know, talked to a few people. Um, I wasn't really sure how I would, you know, fit in in other aspects of, of the community here at St. George's. Um, but because uh, I knew I, I didn't, I wasn't necessarily, didn't want to go back to being in the classroom. But there's, you know, other departments here that are, are not uh, teaching faculty. And, you know, I felt like the admission office was something that, you know, I'd be very comfortable in. You know, the role of the admission officer is very similar to recruit college level basketball recruiting. So that was something that intrigued me. And then I sort of thought to myself, like, you know, like, why can't St. George's, you know, become a powerhouse basketball program? Amazing facilities, amazing location, very, very good academics. It kind of fit in my, like, my basketball world and my academic world, you know, from BC to Bryant to, you know, to Brown. So I was like, well, why, why, like, why not St. George's, you know? Um, I was, I remember when I was at, at Brown, you know, we'd recruit hundreds of kids a year and, you know, we could be recruiting a kid for, you know, nine months and, you know, HYP, you know, they one of those schools will come in and that was it. Like, you know, yeah. that prestige, was difficult for us to overcome. And I felt like at St. George's, like, well, well, why not? Like, you know, why would you not want to come to St. George's? So, um, you know, and then, you know, got a little deeper in the process and it just, it worked for me, it worked for my family. Um, and so, yeah, I'm happy. That's awesome, that's great. I mean, it is a beautiful campus. So that's great that you were able to get the position there. And what do you take from all your coaching experiences what do you, how do you build a culture and a program along with your coaching philosophy at St. George's? Again, like my coaching philosophy now is literally, I've accumulated it from, you know, every person I've interacted, interacted with throughout my, you know, basketball career, playing wise, coaching wise. Um, so from, you know, you know, my high school or not even before that, before my like peewee league basketball coach, you know, all the way through Mike Martin, I, I took bits and pieces and I would always just kind of write things down and things that I liked, ideas, philosophies, plays that I liked. And I would always just keep a, a binder. And finally, when I got my own program here at St. George's, I got here and it was like this thick. And I was like, now I really need to sort of create, you know, who I am. Um, and, and that's sort of what I did. You know, our, our program philosophies, we sort of have these program pillars that, um, you know, focus on, you know, leadership, um, toughness, uh, merit, growth, um, you know, so we, 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 we try to just instill that. I want my guys to know that, you know, this, this basketball world is, um, you know, it's, it's more, you know, it's, it's not necessarily academic, but it's very educational. So I try to take, you know, all that and kind of weave it all into, you know, the culture that we're creating here at St. George's. I love it. That's awesome, coach. They, they're very lucky to have you. And, you know, and what's it like, and you kind of touched upon this before, but what's it like to, you know, turn St. George's into, you know, making them into a powerhouse around, like, you know, around the, the nation? Well, I wouldn't necessarily say we're a powerhouse yet. You know, yeah. I, I appreciate the language, <laughs> but, uh, you know, we're not there yet. Um, you know, I think, you know, what, what Mike Hart has done at St. Andrews, 
you know, they're a powerhouse, um, you know, that's, you know, we aspire to be like that program um, with the longevity they had. Um, but, uh, you know, it, it's been a, it's been a, a rewarding process, um, I must say, uh, you know, I, I have, oh, we have the support of the administration here, um, which is very helpful in trying to build the program. You know, I think the institutionally, they believe in, you know, sort of what, you know, using basketball as a tool, um, you know, the same way you do, you know, teaching faculty does. Um, and I think that's important to me to have the administration and the institution behind me. Um, but we've been able to, you know, grow the program. Um, you know, my first year, we won three games, then we won six games, then we won 16, then we won 23. And, you know, we're, we're doing it, you know, with the right kids. We're doing it with high character kids. We're doing it with obviously very good basketball players. And we're doing it with kids who are serious about, you know, serious about the sport. Yeah, that's awesome. That's great that you're, you know, you have what you need and you're doing what you can to increase the program and win. And then, like you said, it's not quite where you want the powerhouse yet, but, you know, working on that longevity. On and, but yeah, yeah, get on the way, on the way. And uh, and has there been like a favorite moment or a favorite game that that's happened in your career at St. George's so far? Hmm. I think, um, so last year we played, uh, we played Pomfret. Um, it was a home game. It was a, it was a class B game. Um, you know, those games are very important in terms of who's going to make it into the class B tournament. So we had a home game. It was on a Friday night and, um, you know, our gym's small, our gym, probably capacity, maybe 600 people, maybe 400. I don't know. Um, but the gym was packed, you know, most of the student body was there. Faculty was there. Um, it was an overtime or a double overtime game. And, um, you know, we ended, we, we ended up winning. And when we got into the locker room, there's some pictures of it. I'll have to send you one, but it, it just kind of, you know, it captured kind of the feeling I'm trying to explain now. And we just went crazy. Our coaching staff, our players, like we, it was a great win. We knew at that win we were going to be in the tournament. Um, and, and it was sort of at that moment, I was like, like this right here is what high school basketball, prep school basketball is all about. Um, you know, the next day, you know, our guys were walking around, the, you know, the student body was excited, the, you know, the faculty was excited, and it was just a really, really good feeling. And that was kind of, you know, one of my most vivid memories of, uh, you know, winning a big game at St. George's. That's awesome. That's great. And now we, we kind of touched upon this a little bit off there, but, you know, um, what's your outlook on the current season? How are you guys doing and what are you, how are you going to do the of current season, basically, with everything that's going on? <laughs> yeah. Um, you know, our, our plan right now is, uh, like I was saying, we just, um, our students just moved back to campus um, uh, on Sunday, January 17th. Uh, we go back, we go on spring break, March 5th or 6th. Um, so tentatively, you know, our plan is to, to stay on campus and just do individual workouts, strength and conditioning, train and practice for, you know, three and a half, four weeks to somewhere, you know, mid late February. And then ideally what I'd like to do is have our students go remote and then we'll play games from, you know, mid to late February to the middle of March. That's sort of the tentative plan right now. Um, I'm, I'm actually in the process of coordinating our schedule to, um, you know, to, cause right now, you know, the, the state guidelines say we can only play in state teams. Yeah. So I've reached out to some RIIL teams, some, some, 
some prep school teams um, and just trying to work on a schedule right now. That's awesome. Yeah, yeah. Just we just got the news recently that everything everyone's good to play in Rhode Island. So that's great. I mean, at least you guys will have somewhat of a season and hopefully things will be a little bit better by the time you guys get going and everything works out in that way. Right, right. Uh, and coach, now I got to ask, I asked this, like, this is the last question. I asked this to everyone, favorite thing to do outside of basketball? Um, my favorite thing to do outside of basketball. Um, I, I think I'm a sort of a, a people person and just kind of hang out and do nothing, you know, do nothing with people is, is what I like to do. Um, you know, kind of reverting back to like my jump to St. George's, um, you know, one of the things I got back moving from the college level of coaching to where I'm at now is I got, I got time, you know, which is, you know, it's a, a precious commodity to me. And I got a lot of that back to myself. So I've been able to give, you know, my time back to, you know, my, my kids, my family, um, you know, my wife, um, you know, I've, you know, been able to do a few other things, some entrepreneurial type things with, uh, with a friend of mine. So, um, you know, having my time back to do nothing or to experience other things. I mean, I love Newport. I love hanging out in Newport. So <laughs> it's, uh, it's a nice little town. That's awesome. That's great. That's great that you had that time. And that's awesome. You know, spend time with family and do things that you like to do. And I like that, you know, the people person is a good answer. I like that, like that answer. I feel like I'm, I'm a people person too. So definitely understand that time, time is important. So that's great. Coach, that's all I have for you today. Is there anything, any statements or any questions before we sign off? I don't know. I appreciate you having me on and, um, you know, any youngsters out there, um, you know, eventually looking for prep school, uh, keep St. George's in mind. All right, all right, definitely. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks a lot, coach. I really appreciate it. You have a good one. Thanks, you too. Thanks for having me. Yeah. All right. That was my interview with Coach Pina. Great interview with him. Excited for their season. Hopefully they can get that going. They said they're not gonna go until later into the spring, which he had mentioned in this interview. So looking forward to that. Hopefully by that time some things are lifted and we're able to go to some games. It'd be nice to catch a game over at St. George's and that beautiful campus on the water over in Portsmouth. Uh, on Friday, I have another great interview for you guys. I'm sticking with the prep schools. Um, St. Andrews, as uh, coach is coming on, Coach Hart, uh, great interview with him. This one this one was a lot of fun. He really goes into his career and just talks about people he knows and just talks about the values at St. Andrews. And just a great interview, a lot of fun. I'm very lucky to have had, uh, you know, Tyler and Coach Pena, Pina and um coach hard on and reach out to those nevscat schools as well i think what they're doing is just awesome and i'm definitely gonna have to reach out to rock hill coaches as well too because it'd be fun to have them on and talk to them too because it's just great to get those the prep school coaches on and hear their things uh how they create their schools and recruit and it's cool it's really cool it's been really cool to get to know coaches out there on um, this Sunday, again, you will catch Ball and, Rhode Island, uh, Ball and R.I. and myself doing a Sunday recap show again of all the high school games from Friday. And he will re release his power rankings again. Great interview with him. Uh, we had a lot of fun last time. We got a great feedback from everyone about the recap show. I was on YouTube, which, you know, I got to start releasing those on podcasts, too. I apologize to the people who listen on podcasts. Um I've had some things come up lately where I've been kind of really sick and 
you know, just kind of focusing on one thing at a time, really just trying to sleep. And so hopefully next week we can get those out on podcasts for you guys to listen to. And, um, yeah, it'd be great. Uh, so catch, look for the Sunday show on Sunday. Friday's episode is going to be great. And then next week we have some more great interviews coming out for you guys as well, too, with the PC uh, cheerleading coach, Melissa uh, Scungio. And we also have the EWG assistant coach, Trevor D'Amico. And then Friday will probably be Glenn Shark, who's a, uh, Sharp, who's a football player for Tolman. And we'll keep getting more basketball episodes out there as well, too. Uh, been awesome getting reached out from everyone for a while so <clears throat> from different sports that come on the show so definitely growing and i can't thank you guys enough making us grow as the instagram page has really blown up and so we've reached over the 100 subscribers on youtube and just continue to grow and keep looking to develop and make better things as we go along so i hope you guys have a great wednesday and a safe thursday we'll see you friday and sunday